Hi, everyone. Welcome to Commercial Real Estate Bosses, where we interview badass investors who are crushing it in the commercial real estate space. I'm your host, Sarah Hoffman. And on today's call, we have Keisha Kennedy of Kennedy Remedy Investments. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Perfect. You have a very interesting story, so I'm excited for our listeners to hear about your background, what you do right now, and how did you get into commercial real estate? Yes, good question. So my name is Keisha Kennedy, as she mentioned. I am originally from Richmond, Virginia. However, I reside in a country called Kuwait, which is an hour flight from Dubai. I've been here since 2017. I'm also a military brat, so my father served in the military and then I served in the military. So I lived all over the world. I, I was born in Germany, um, lived in California, Colorado, Kentucky, Virginia. And then I went to high school in Germany, graduated there. And my father retired in Richmond, Virginia, teaching at Virginia Commonwealth University and University of Richmond. So I ended up attending Virginia Commonwealth University and joined the Army National Guard. I deployed to Kuwait for a year from 05 to 06 and then returned, graduated, and then came back abroad as a contractor. And that's when my investing journey started then. Had no idea what I was doing, figured out as I went along, and I started off buying bank foreclosed homes back in 2000. And then the following year, I purchased another property and then just continued the process. And then and two years ago, I decided to scale into multifamily commercial assets and here I am investing in apartments. Awesome. So now your investments, where are they located? Yeah. So initially when I first started out in, in the commercial space, I started off as a limited partner. So I was investing my capital in the deals. So my first limited partner um, investment is actually located in Richmond, Virginia. So I already knew the market, of course, because I'm from that area. And that's 27 units. And then the second deal was 81 units in Florence, Kentucky followed by 19 units up in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and then 24 units in Columbia, South Carolina as a limited partner. So I invested in four deals as a limited partner. And then at the end of 2021, I invested in my first GP deal in Waco, Texas, 56 units. And last year, I invested in my second deal as a GP and LP, 120 units in Des Moines, Iowa. And then my third investment as LPGP was 174 units in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And following that, the end of last year, I invested in a mixed-use slash hotel in um, Fox Lake, Illinois. So I'm a little bit everywhere. That's good. Just for some people who are wanting to get into investing, either maybe as a limited partner or as a, a general partner. What's your advice for them if they're thinking of getting into a market? Obviously, you've got to know the market well and just be very comfortable with the market fundamentals before you get into it. And in the beginning, it could be hard to figure that out. So how do you choose which market you want to go into? Yeah, but I also like to highlight prior to investing as a limited partner and a general partner, what I did was I invested in myself, Sierra. So I invested in three mentors and I believe in that. As I stated earlier, I had to figure it out as I went along in the single family space and I didn't want to make those same mistakes that I made and endured in the single family space. So I wanted to not reinvent the wheel and that has been one of the best things that I've done. I've learned so much from 
my three mentors and fast forward to today. Now I'm actually a mentor myself. So I highly recommend education first, whether it's Mm -hmm. getting a mentor. If that's not within your budget, there's free education. Of course, there's YouTube University, there's books, there's podcasts. And that's how I started out at the beginning. And then I invested as a investor in myself into a, a mentor. But I learned everything that I've learned in in this space, in the commercial mm-hmm. space, has been because of, of my mentors. Again, I started off as a limited partner, mm-hmm. and then I scaled into a general partnership. I hope that answered a little bit of your question. Can you repeat the question again? Sure. <laughs> Just for our listeners who are not sure maybe which market to go into, or maybe they're confused because there's so many different opportunities are coming their way. How do they know which market is is good for them? And should they focus in the beginning on just a certain market or should they be a little bit broad and be open to different markets? Yes. So initially I was trying to use the same strategies as I would as single family. And I I was solely focused on my market, what I was comfortable with, which is Richmond, Virginia. However, I realized that there are so many deals out there and so many opportunities that I can miss if I don't widen my investment strategy. And so that's when I realized that, hey, it's best to partner up with people that are doing deals like me that are more familiar in that area that can be boots on the ground and et cetera, because I am physically in Kuwait. So I'm limited to what I am capable of doing from afar outside of the U.S. So what I do is I primarily focus on the the Midwest because of cash flow and the team that I closely work with right there. So I would definitely advise to think outside the box and not limit yourself to just one market. As I mentioned earlier, I, I'm all over the, the map in the U.S. and that's because yeah. I have a team and I'm leveraging my team. So I'm going to continue to do that. I'm not going to limit myself to just one city, one state. I highly recommend to do your market research. What I do is I read a lot uh, online, of course, because things are constantly changing and we rely on the market, right, to to invest. What I do is I do have a account with CoStar. And so I read a lot about the market there and the property as well. But my primary focus is the Midwest because of cash flow and the opportunities out there. It aligns with my investment mm-hmm. strategy that I have right now. Perfect. And I'm sure a lot of people are wondering, how do you do this business from Kuwait? And do you get to visit the properties often? And how can they build a business like that where maybe they're investing out of state or just across the country? Yes, absolutely. So again, starting out, I was trying to use the same strategies that I did with the single family house, basically trying to do everything myself. And in the commercial space, you cannot do that. You can do that, but you'll reach burnout. And that's what I was doing initially was reaching burnout. So I was trying to speak to the brokers, call the property management company, underwrite, deal sourcing. And I was like, this is too much. And that's when I realized that, hey, I need to figure out what do I need to do to get into a deal. And so my primary focus as a general partner from Kuwait is capital raising, investor relations, and a little bit of asset managing, but primarily capital raising. And so the two hardest things to do in this space is either find the money, find the capital, or find the deal. So if I know if I can do one or the other, I can um, partner with someone and leverage that to get into a deal. So that's what I did. And that's how I was able to get into my first deal, 56 units in Waco, Texas, is because mm-hmm. I focus on one thing. So once you focus on that one thing, everything else will, will come together as a team. So that's what I'm doing. 
Yeah, that makes sense. And mm -hmm. so a lot of these properties, do you ever travel back to the U.S. to look at these properties? And how often do you do that? Yes, I usually come home once a year. Throughout the year, I love to travel. So I do a lot of traveling outside of the U.S. I, I, I love to travel. That's one of the things I enjoy doing outside of real estate. We do have to have a life, right, Sierra? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I come home once a year, usually during the summertime, to see my parents and my siblings because they still live in the States. Other than that, I probably would not honestly come. But last yeah. year, I had the opportunity to see the Waco, Texas deal that I mentioned, my first deal, 56 units in Texas. My sister and I had actually traveled to Texas. So of course, I made a business stop to see the property. And then the other property in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I was able to spend two days there walking with my partners, actually physically meeting them because I'm in Kuwait, so I have to <laughs> rely on Zoom. So it is nice to actually be present and to mm -hmm. see a tangible asset that you can feel, touch, and see the tenants and meet your partners and meet the property management companies. I'm here to tell you that if I can invest from Kuwait, you are capable of doing anything that you set your <laughs> mind to do. I love that. Yeah. Now, uh, when you started off, you said you did LP first before you got into GP. Now, did that LP experience help you learn and just grow from that and just know a little bit more about how you could get into your first GP deal? Yes, absolutely. And I believe in if I'm going to be a GP, I want to be able to share my experience with my investors. And I wanted to go in with a little bit of knowledge instead of none or no experience at all. So that was the main reason why I wanted to invest as an LP. You got to lead by example, right? You yeah. don't want to go to your family, sure. friends, and everyone else saying, hey, I have a deal, investment opportunity. And the first thing they're going to do is say, hey, have you invested in a deal? And so that was my main primary focus was to invest as an LP. And I learned so much. I, I was able to see how a general partnership team and sponsor team communicated with their investors so I can see different communication styles and what I would like to do with my investors and things that I didn't like and try to implement those strategies or change those strategies. And I was able to understand a PPM, a subscription agreement, and looking at the investor portal and ask those questions that probably investors would ask me. So it's definitely been beneficial for me to invest as an LP. And then on top of that, I was able to leverage social media and share my LP experience. And that's how I was able to generate mm -hmm. some investors that reached out to me because I'm doing things that I am sharing on social media. I'm educating, I'm inspiring fellow investors and I can share my story. People want to see a journey. People want to see the failures mm -hmm. and the success. So I'm able to educate people about investing in apartment syndication because a lot of people are fairly green. And then, yeah. of course, we also have those savvy investors as well. So if I had to do it again, Sierra, I would definitely yeah. continue to um, invest as LP starting out if I had to do it all over again. And I know you leverage social media a lot, of course, right? Because you're so far away, that's probably your main way of communicating and finding these investors. Tell us about your social media strategy. How do you organize it? So I feel a lot of people might be overwhelmed because there's so many different platforms and maybe they don't know what to say or how to post. So what's your advice to them? So initially, when I started out two years ago, posting on social media, a lot of people are worried about the likes and you should not be worried about the likes. You should not be worried about the comments because people are reading. They might not be liking, but they will read. And I've had several people reach out to me that I never liked, loved or whatever you want on the, the status or the comment. They'll slide in your inbox and say, hey, Keisha, I've noticed that you've been investing 
I've seen your recent posts. So that's the first thing I would recommend is don't worry about the likes and comments. The second thing I would like to say is be consistent, right? People, you want to build your credibility on your social media platform. If you're posting one time out of the week and not being consistent, no one's going to take you serious. You're not building that credibility, right? You need to be consistent. So I personally post, I try to post (laughs) Monday through Friday. Early in the morning is the best time to post because that's when the most successful people are up, right? They're not up at two, three, four in the morning. They're usually up early in the morning and that's the best time to post. So that's the second thing. The third thing is just start. A lot of people are worried about what should I write on on social media? There's someone out there that has either never invested and there's someone out there that you're probably one step ahead of. So you can educate, you can inspire, and you can motivate. So I started off initially speaking about my investment journey on the single family space because at the time I didn't have a deal that I invested as an LP. So I was able to speak about that and attract capital because I'm not raising capital, I'm attracting capital to me. So That's the fourth thing. Speak about your journey if you are investing in real estate, right? And then the fifth thing, you can always post your or schedule out your posts. You don't have to go on the social media platform every day. You can schedule out your posts. There are so many third-party apps and websites, so you don't have to worry about and be overwhelmed with posting daily. Um, And then to answer your last question about platforms, yes, there are many platforms. So I suggest if you are new to social media, and you are overwhelmed, focus on one platform and leverage that one platform. My favorite platform to raise capital is LinkedIn because it's a business platform, right? Mm -hmm. So I I really like LinkedIn. And then my second one is Facebook. So I'm leveraging my personal page. And then I also post on my business page. And I also post on just one Facebook group because there's so many Facebook groups. But again, you need to be consistent. People want to see you every day showing up, Like in the gym, you want to lose weight, but you have to be consistent with your nutrition and with your workout. So the same thing goes for investing. You need to be consistent if you want to to build that social media. If you want to build your brand, you have to be consistent. So social media has been my number one way to raise capital. And then my second way, Sierra, is educational webinars. And then my third way is in-person meetups here in Kuwait. And then, of course, referrals, friends, family, and things like that. Now, when it comes to social media, obviously, it must take some time for people to get used to you, to read your posts, and to get comfortable. So what's the time frame that maybe you've noticed that from the time that someone first interacts on social media to the time they actually invest with you, what's the average amount of time that would take? Sometime it can take a year. There's no set time, right? And sometimes it can take a couple of months. It depends on the post. And what you're sharing and what's drawing their attention to the post. And another thing I, I would like to touch on is always leave a call to action if you can. You don't always have to, but it, it's good to leave a, a call to action or put something in the comment below if you'd like to hear more or inbox me or something along those lines, right? Another thing I like to add, Sierra, about social media is that people not only want to see about your business ventures, but they also want to know about you. So I do, I have balance when I post on um, Facebook and Instagram, but on LinkedIn is strictly business, right? But Facebook, I like to post about, like I mentioned earlier, I like to travel. I like to post about my family. I like to post about working out. And again, you have to build that credibility. You have to build that reputation because people want to invest with people that they like, know, and trust, not just on a business level. And that makes them comfortable as well. But 
to answer your question, it might take several posts for them to reach yeah. out. There's no set time frame, but when they do reach out, I encourage you to get on a call with them, learn more about that investor, learn about their short-term goals, their long-term goals, and just listen in on how you can help them because maybe apartment syndication might not be the business, the investment strategy for them. It might be something else. Absolutely. Now, I want to take it back a little bit and go back to this team that you were able to connect with and work with and do your GP deals with, because obviously there's a lot of people you could potentially partner up with, but it's how do you meet your team? How do you select the right people to work with? And how did you connect with them? And how did you know it was the right fit? Yes, good question. I love this question because I'm all about relationships. I get pitched a lot, Sierra, and I'm sure you do as well about deals. There's so many deals, right? Sometimes it can be yeah. overwhelming when we get these emails, new deal alert. Uh-huh. And once you build that credibility, like I mentioned earlier, you focus on that one thing, people will gravitate to you and, and come to you. So I get a lot of investment opportunities and it is a good feeling, but again, it can be overwhelming. So I say a lot of no's before I say yes, because I believe in the foundation of relationships. So I want to make sure that I personally like, know, and trust the partnership team that I'm investing with because I have a due diligence to protect my investment as well as my investor's investment because we have a reputation, right? And once that's ruined, that's it. Bad news gets around faster than good news. To answer your question, I took my time to build that relationship up. And I believe that is very important. It's easy to get in to a marriage and it's hard to get out. Just like it's easy to get into these deals, it's definitely hard to get out. So you want to make sure that you like, know, and trust them. Do your background checks. Do your due diligence on everyone that you're investing with because social media, people can put up a good face and just make it seem like they're doing all these deals and really they might have judgments or liens or anything going on financially in their background because people are still out there scamming as well. So you want to be mindful. And I'm not here to scare you. I'm just here to be real with you. You want to be mindful of who you invest with. So take your time whether you want to be a limited partner or a general partner and get to sit down and know your partners on a personal level and make sure that your values and your goals align first and foremost before you decide to do a deal with them. And I always ask for a referral. If they say, hey, I did X amount of deals, say, great. Can I speak to your partners? Can I get their email address? Can I get their phone numbers? And you'll know if you align with those investors, your fellow partners. That's yeah. what I did. I, I took my time. I, I took my time and I'm so thankful that I did do that. Now, did you invest with them as an LP before you jumped on a GP team with them? The three general partnership teams? No, I did not. But when I did join the team, I did invest as an LP and a GP on those deals. Now, the team, do you just work with one team specifically on your GP deals or do you have multiple GP team that you work with? Yes. Good question, Sierra. On the three deals that I'm a GP with, there are three different teams. And then on the JV deal, that's a different team as well. But going forward, I have mentally prepared myself to only be selective of one to two teams going forward. Because again, that goes back to your credibility. If people see that you're doing deals with these different partnership teams, to me, on the outside, looking as a new investor, hey, why is she with this partnership team or that partnership team? Because people don't know that, hey, you can do deals with different partners. That's, that's just how this business is. But I feel more comfortable with a certain team now moving forward. So I, I plan on investing with that team 
and I made it known as well. <laughs> All right. Now I want to switch gears a little bit and do a deal walkthrough. So maybe you can select a deal that you can share with our team, some experiences, maybe some challenges that you had and that you were able to overcome and the learning lessons from that experience. So you can choose maybe your first GP deal or any LP deal, any deal that you would like. Yes, I like to briefly go over a GP deal that I did. And it's the lessons learned there was, I'll, I'll say a couple lessons learned. So my first GP deal, I realized that, hey, not everyone's going to invest with you. Initially, I was so excited about the GP deal. And I realized my friends aren't going to invest. My families aren't going to invest. They're just not going to invest. And it was very stressful doing my first raise. And my first investor actually invested. Initially, he wanted to invest 50000 but he invested 125000 nice. And guess where I found him? Through social media. He found me through social media. And it was on LinkedIn. He was a fellow veteran as well. So that's how we resonated. I'm abroad. So he also resonated with that as well. And he respected yeah. what I did because my why is to help as many minorities and veterans as possible. So again, the lesson learned from that first deal was that not everyone's going to invest in your deal. You're going to get a lot of no's to get to that first yes. So just be mindful of that and never give up. I, I would like to say that this is a hard business here and it's very challenging. There's so many fellow investors that we're all doing the same thing and we're all trying to either find a deal or find the capital. Right. So my lesson learned from that first deal was not everyone's going to invest and just continue to put in the work and you will build your investor base up. The second lesson that I've learned in two, two out of my three deals is that just because you sign up, just because you go with the, the number one or the top rated property management company, it's not always going to pan out the way that you thought it would because they're the top 10 or the top five in the country. Once you go under contract and once they start property managing your company, you need to be mindful and ensure that they are carrying out those tasks that's on that agreement, right? Yeah. Because as a general partner, we're asset managing, but it's our job to asset manage the property management company. So you need to have right. those weekly calls. You need to have those not so fun calls with the property management company and, and dive into those numbers and look at those spreadsheets and just make sure that they're doing what they say that they're doing. I've been through, initially we started with one property management company and we have another property management company because again, it is hard once you close on a deal. It's not as easy as people think it is. They think you close and you're going on to the next deal. And no, the real work starts when you are asset managing. So a lot of lessons learned there was one, ensure that you always ask for referrals, right? Going back to that again, I'm big on referrals, ask for referrals. And also just make sure that you're not only going with the number one or the top 10 property management company. Sometimes less is best, right? Sometimes those smaller boutique property management companies might be the, the better fit for you. So just properly screen those property management companies to ensure that you don't have to do a big changeover for another property management company, because that part isn't easy as well. Absolutely. Perfect. So tell us what you're working on right now and what is next for you and your company? Yes, good question. So currently I'm under contract for 55 units in Akron, Ohio. We just signed the PSA and that deal is actually a JV with three to four partners on that. So no investors. So right now I am, as soon as I get off the call with you, I'm going to be calling for roofers, plumbers, and we already got a general contractor 
list for upcoming inspections. So that's what I'm currently working on. I also have a fund. I'm a fund manager as well. So working on that. But other than that's what I'm currently working on. So my hands are are completely full in addition to asset managing those other deals that I have right now. Congratulations on being under Thank contract. It's super you. exciting. And thank you for being on the show today. Where is the best place for people to find you online if they want to learn more about you and connect with you? Yes, absolutely. I am on all social media platforms, as I mentioned earlier, LinkedIn, Keisha Kennedy, K-E-I-S-H-I-A, Kennedy, like the president. And then on Facebook, the same, it's Keisha Kennedy. If you can send me a message, I'll be more than happy to accept your friend requests. And then also I have a website. It's called KennedyRemedyInvestments.com. All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to today's show. If you guys enjoyed this episode, please write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Every review helps us to be able to reach more and more people looking to get involved in commercial real estate. If you're looking to level up your investment game, join the Commercial Real Estate Bosses community. It's completely free and inside you will get access to our Passive Investing 101 Masterclass, as well as regular live trainings where you can ask questions and access to industry professionals and like-minded investors. Join for free today by going to crebosses.com slash join. That's crebosses.com slash join. Or click on the link below and I'll see you inside.